exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 6.30 Shed. Logan Couture scores twice. Sharks shut out the Oilers 3-0. Live post-game, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Together, we didn't, uh, you know, we had three on ones. We were falling down. Um, first goal on Cam, usually he handles that real well. So, to a man, we weren't real polished. And, um, you know, you can create as many chances as you want if you don't have that that sharpness and that uh, that acute awareness <coughs> awareness, pardon me, of what's going on around you, you're probably not going to put it in the net, and um, and usually it comes back to bite you at the other end too, and it did at both ends tonight. When you make the changes for your lines, are you surprised how suddenly you know it works and you, know, you create a lot of the third because of it? Well, they're they're proud players, and they. Uh, they receive messages. Some are waiting for a change and maybe looking for different line mates, not accepting responsibility for their own game, and they're looking for somebody to help them. Um, others are uh, slowing people down and they get bumped down, um, but you can't do it very often. You do it every night and it, it, loses, its, it loses its effect quite often. But we had a little push in the third and had some chances, just didn't get it done. Any of those combos that you had in the third, will you look at those for Thursday? We will. Um, and we'll review the game and and take a look. But um, again, we couldn't find a combination of five that was sharp at any given point. We maybe found three, we found four, uh, but never five. Can you figure out why that might have been the case? Was there some factor? I don't know. Um, you know, if I had the answer, I'd give it to you right away, and I'd probably be telling them already. But um, we played um, some hard games and some emotional games, and, and today, um, you know, I, don't, I know that team over there pretty well, and that, that probably wasn't their A game either, but it was enough. They were sharp enough on their chances to bury them, and that's the difference. You can't play just about hockey against teams like that. You have to play over the top and be, be better than they are, and we played just about. Before the game, your power play was missing the net a lot. Uh, tonight was more so just not getting the shot. Zone entries were really tough. Well, we had one, I think. We had one power play at the end of the game with a minute and a half left or two minutes. We got the, the second one. And, um, you know, the first one we didn't get um, what we needed to. They did a good job of pressuring at the right times. And uh, we wanted to play one on one and then move the puck. Puck has to move quicker than bodies, and we didn't do that tonight. You have been getting a lot of power plays lately. Is your team not drawing power plays? Are the refs cutting down on what they're calling? Well, I don't think the refs are cutting down because we've been penalized a lot. You know, you go back to uh, to Philadelphia. Um, we took a lot of penalties. San Jose was well aware that they'd been penalized quite a bit the last two nights, so they, they checked better. They checked with their feet. Uh, but we haven't drawn enough, and... Um, you know, maybe we're not holding on to pucks enough. Maybe we're not creating enough. We'll have to look at that, but um, could have more. Thank you. 
All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy of GCL Diesel for all things diesel. His Oilers shut out tonight for the sixth time this season, first time since the New Year's Eve loss to Anaheim. 3 nothing. the Sharks take it, and San Jose took control early, just 93 seconds into the game. Logan Couture scoring. We'll talk about that goal because it was a uh, rare bad one given up by... Cam Talbot, who was uh, fresh off being the name, the uh, first star for last week. He gave up more goals tonight than he did all of last week in three games. Couture then got a power play goal, and Pavelski got a tip in in the second period. The Oilers didn't do much offensively until the third period, and in the third period, they had more going on in the first six minutes than they did the rest of the game combined, and, and you heard uh, McClellan reference it we're, we're falling down on odd man breaks I mean Cassian with the puck going in on a two-on-one might have even been a late developing three-on-one and he falls down and there's not even a, a, a shot on goal on it so maybe that one kind of epitomized the Oilers night and certainly the, the first goal we, we haven't seen Talbot give up one of those in a long time that was a, a weird one he made the initial shot and he just simply couldn't find the puck. And then it's it's lying under his feet. Sekera tries to dig it out of there. It's scrambled around, and Couture finally swats it in. That wasn't a good goal. The second goal, power play goal by Couture. That's the type of goal, you know, okay, good shot. It's on the power play. Talbot's usually been making that save. To, you know, that one goes in. He's not able to get it. And then the, uh, the third goal, a uh, tip in. You know, again, I think that's one that usually hits him or it doesn't. Didn't hit him tonight. I'm not going to fault the goaltender despite the first goal on a night where he gets zero offensive support. And, you know, even through this little streak where the Oilers have been doing better, they have not been scoring a lot. You can let us know what you think of the game. Certainly a lot to discuss. Darnell Nurse going after Roman, Roman Polak late in the third period as well. The open line number 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. 3 nothing Sharks over Oilers tonight. Reed Wilkins with you on 6:30. Ched Terry Peranich, real estate team, overtime open line coming to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Our adjustment of the game is uh, courtesy of Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And I guess that change would would tie into the third period and how it started. And they changed the lines up. You had Dreisaitl centering Everly and Maroon. You had McDavid between Yakupov and Hall. You had Latestu with Korpakoski and Hendricks and then Lander with Cassian and Cracknell. So that helped. The Oilers certainly got some stuff going, uh, but no goals. But, but I mean, the best chances they had all night long we're at the start of the third period. Hendricks a chance in front with just over 18 minutes left. Lander hit the goalpost with a long shot. Clendenning got a chance in front with 16 minutes left. Korpakoski shot the rebound wide. Reimer absolutely robbed Maroon in front off a good forecheck by the Oilers. And then about 15 seconds later, uh, Everly shot just wide on a chance in front. That was a big shift uh, by McDavid or by Maroon, Leon, and Everly. But but again, I mean, by that time, it was already 3 nothing for the Sharks, and you would hope that a team down 3 nothing would come out with a little bit of a spark, but they could not score. 780-496-0063. We have Darcy starting off the calls tonight. Darcy, good to hear from you. What's going on? Yeah, I'm uh, just wondering if you think Darnell's reaction was totally because it was um, 
Hendricks that got fouled there, or you think he would have come out like that for just about anybody on the team? I hope he would come out like that for anybody from the team. Um, I, I don't know if you heard my interview uh, or what uh, Bob was talking about, but, uh, well, first of all, my, in my interview with Maroon, Maroon liked the reaction, so that's one teammate who was on board with it. I, I think it's probably a combination of things, Darcy, and I want to know what you think too. I, I think it was the fact that it was Hendricks, and he's done stuff along those lines for a lot of guys. Um, and I think it was probably the score in the game, too. I mean, a, a frustrating night for the Oilers where uh, they didn't generate a whole bunch, uh, like I said, until early in the third period. And, you know, you know, we've seen a lot of passion from Darnell, and he decided that was the time to, to do something. I, to be honest with you, I was a little surprised with the penalties on that play uh, because Polak got a uh, fighting major. I didn't see Roman Polak really fighting. I, I, I thought Darnell Nurse might maybe get the only the only penalty, or they'd give Darnell five and and uh, Polak two. They did not give Nurse an instigating penalty, which usually in the last five minutes of a game comes with an automatic suspension. So Nurse uh, escapes that unless maybe it's appealed or or the league decides to to take another look at it. So yeah, Nurse decided to jump in there, and uh, we've seen him be sort of a vicious type of guy before. Remember the fight in uh, in Ottawa and the famous screenshots of that one and his dad standing up cheering. So we know Darnell's nurse is, is, is going to do that type of thing. I, I doubt Oilers fans uh, have a problem with it. Maybe if the shoe was on the, the other foot, it would be uh, more of a uh, a heated type of discussion, but Nurse decided to uh, take matters into his own hand against Polak, but no goals for the Oilers tonight. They are shut out 3 nothing by the San Jose Sharks. You can also text uh, 630-630. Uh, Big Jack says, uh, yeah, Nurse came to Hendricks' defense, but where were Hendricks' line mates when the incident happened? For the first time in a long time, I was ashamed to be an Oilers fan, seeing Hendricks writhing on the ice with five opposition guys standing around him, waiting nervously for a scrum, and all you see on TV is Yakupov with a stunned deer-in-the-headlights look on his face. Uh, I've had time for nail up until tonight, but this guy has got to go. He can't even stand up for a teammate. That is from, uh, that is from Big Jack. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, the, that's, the, that's the old debate. I, I guess when something like that happens, do you expect everybody on your team to do something, or do you expect to have enough guys on your team that they can handle it, if not in the moment, soon enough after. I mean, my expectation is is that Nail Yakupov probably isn't going to fight. So, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I've, I've never seen Nail Yakupov do anything close to fighting, and I've seen a lot of guys in the NHL never do anything close to fighting. So, I, you know, it's Nurse is one of those guys who is more likely to do something like that. And uh, he decided that, that he would the next time he was on the ice. Another texter says, I don't think what Polak did necessitated a response like that. It was a cheap shot by Nurse. He had better have his head on a swivel the next time these two teams play. Polak was called for interference. I thought it was a marginal call, especially seeing the replay. It looked like there was incidental contact on the skates. Um, you saw Polak frustrated with the official when it was called. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Mo on the line. Mo, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Well, that's nice music. Mo, are you there? Okay. I don't, I don't think that's Mo. 
Are you hearing that music, Kellen? I don't know. I'm tracking it down. Foreign okay. audio from somewhere. Okay. Well, I don't know where that's coming from, but unless Mo is communicating musically like the ship in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, I don't think that's him. Maybe we'll uh, let me know when we can try again, Kellen. It's a nice little levity to the evening. <laughs> is that Harold Faltemeyer on the phone line, maybe? I don't know. Uh, 780-496-0063. Uh, by the way, we're looking for uh, someone to finish the play, which is an automatic win tonight since the, <laughs> since the Oilers got shut out. Um, this texter says six of us uh, traveled from Lloyd Minster for a game and once again it was only a half-assed effort I've tried to stay positive in regards to some of the struggling players Yak being the main guy but I'm done with Yak until he learns to go north-south he will never oh sorry it's refreshing on the fly here he will never progress Uh, he will never progress into a consistent NHL or no desperation, no desire. Didn't like too many were fighting for a spot on the roster for next year. Well, I, I mean, Patrick Maroon mentioned it after the game that they, uh, that they sagged after the early goal, which, which isn't acceptable. I mean, so what? Sometimes you fall behind one nothing. I also think that the Oilers were flat out beaten tonight by a, by a better team. I, I, I mean, the, the Sharks... Kept them out of the score zone for the most part. They were they were better, certainly at finishing their chances. Uh, they were better at getting to the net and keeping pucks alive when they had the opportunity. Um, was this a maximum effort by the Oilers? I don't think so. Was it their worst effort of the game? I don't think so either. I, I think sometimes better teams make it look like um, you're not trying hard as you can, for lack of a better term. Seven eight zero. Four nine six zero zero six three. Kellen, is it Mo? Is it Mo again, or is it Sean? No, we're gonna go right to Sean. We're gonna go right to Sean. I don't know if Sean has a little jingle he can play for me, like Mo. But yeah. uh, hi, Sean. <laughs> hi, how are you? Doing well. What's on your mind? Uh, I just kind of had a, a blip with Cassie in there. I, I I don't know why he laid across on the blue line or anything. It was kind of funny. Uh, also wanted to wonder. They tried Korpakowski for, I think, two periods on the McDavid line. That didn't really work out too well. And then went back to Yak. But I did kind of think that Hall with McDavid is working again. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I thought it worked well for me. Well, they, who did they have? They had Hall, McDavid, and Yakupov on the line. So they, they yeah. jumbled them up a bit there. Yeah. I mean, the... They, they were certainly better in the third period. Now, you would hope that they would be, given that they're down 3 nothing. And and San Jose is obviously going to be more in defend mode than try to push it mode. So the yeah. Oilers were able to take advantage of that territorially for about six or seven minutes, but not in terms of scoring. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I know a lot of people have said Hall can't play with McDavid. Well, that's based on only a couple games at the beginning of the year. Uh, I yeah. wouldn't write off that combination. Hall yeah, and McDavid exactly. and Everly have shown some good, uh, good chemistry together. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm especially late in the season. These games don't mean much. I'm fine with Hall playing with McDavid. I, I mean, look, they're both good players. I don't think it's impossible that they can play no. together. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I really like the Hall, Hall McDavid line. I also thought they could have maybe put Maroon on there. I, I'm kind of torn. What is Maroon? Is he a left winger or a right winger? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, he, well, he's left. He's a left. But he's okay. played some right here, yeah. Yeah, he has played right. Okay. No, I thought it, he plays well with them. I think the, they played in the last game with uh, 
Hall and Maroon, too. I'm not sure. But. Well, Hall, Maroon, and Dreisaitl have been together. Yeah, and, yeah. And they've been able to produce some stuff. And, it, and part of it is because Maroon gets in on the forecheck. Yeah. And he's able to free pucks up for those guys. Sean, you're going to finish the play tonight. Just for competing, you get 50 bucks to Panahut Express. You can also qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. Still controlling his party. He'll drop it off. Hold a dry settle back here. Well, you're always lucky when you compete on a night when the Oilers got <laughs> shut out. Here's the million-dollar question. Goal or no goal? Uh, no goal. Still <laughs> controlling his party. He'll drop it off. Hold a dry settle back here. Save made by James Reimer. Good job, Sean. How to pay attention, buddy. <laughs> Good work. Kellen Kennedy, get his information there. Uh, we played the goal anyway just because Kellen Kennedy uh, goes through all the work of assembling it. But the Oilers lose 3-0 to the uh, San Jose Sharks tonight. Uh... Craig says, do you think that with McDavid being a generational player, that during a game like this he should step up and be the difference maker, not for lack of try, but I thought he would have taken matters into his own hands tonight? All right. Yeah, I mean, you know, not, not McDavid's best game. I thought he still created some chances. I, I didn't think it was uh, a completely flat game by McDavid, but he has been a difference maker for the Oilers this season. Uh, Jesse and Brian say, we go to all the Oilers' home games. Tonight was different. No one to blame specifically. San Jose just played the better game as the better team. Reimer played well, which is extremely rare. He's not a good goaltender. I enjoyed the line changes at the end of the game. I saw a lot of great plays by the Oilers throughout. One negative aspect is seeing Dreisaitl being lazy again. Uh, seeing that a lot since his and Hall's big streak at the start of the season. A big hell yeah to nurse for that fight. He can throw them. Sincerely, two Oilers beauty fans, Jesse and Brian. Well, thanks for texting. I did not think Leon Dreisaitl had a lot of energy tonight. Um, he, I mean, look, the, the, second, the, the first 40 games of the season for Hall and Dreisaitl, and obviously Dreisaitl didn't play all those first 40, in my mind, have been markedly different than the 29 games we've seen since then. With with Leon, I, I think some of that is probably the transition to the National Hockey League, probably a little worn down, and you reach the point where other teams are like, okay, this guy's killing other teams. So we got to focus on him a little bit more. Now, he should get some of the better matchups uh, now that McDavid is back. Has he always taken advantage of those? No, he hasn't. And I, and I don't think he's moving as well and protecting the puck well, as well as he had earlier in the season and moving it as well as he had earlier in the season. And how many times, I mean, it used to be two, three times a game you'd see Leon make a pass where you would be like, wow, what a creative pass, or, or look at the way that he can backhand the puck. You do not see that nearly as much. Is it laziness? I mean, to me, Jesse and Brian, laziness implies, oh, well, I have it in me, but I'm not going to give it all tonight. I don't know what that. I, I, I think it's an adjustment period. I think it's a little bit of fatigue, and probably it's a little bit of the opposition paying a little bit more attention to them. But Jesse and Brian, thanks a lot for texting tonight. The Sharks beat the Oilers 3-0. All right, I think we have Mo back on the line. This is the mystery of the night to try to get Mo on the air. Mo, do we have you this time? Yes, sir. Okay, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, that music was uh, like the music they play in the UFO landing pad in St. Paul, Alberta. Okay. But, uh, 
so I've heard. Anyway, uh, I was at the game. Unfortunately, my record is uh, 0-7 this year, so um, it was a horrible first two periods. But uh, as far as Polak goes, I don't feel sorry for him. Maybe the penalty on uh, Hendricks was or wasn't warranted, but he's taken liberties with our guys before, and uh, I thought it was nice to see Nurse just tune him in. Yeah, fair point. I, I mean, there's a certain... I mean, look, hockey's an aggressive game, right? And and I think, and and look, Mo, whether it's fighting or simply body checking or playing hard on the puck, the Oilers have not been nearly an aggressive enough team for a, a long time, right? Right. If Absolutely. they become a more aggressive team with more aggressive players, then I think Oilers fans are going to have to accept whether you like the nurse play or not. And, and we have had plenty of people texting in the night saying they loved it and plenty of people texting in saying that they thought nurse crossed the line and that he went too far. But if the Oilers are going to start to employ these types of players, then I think as Oilers fans, you're going to have to live with the fact saying, oh, hey, you know what? I don't know if my guy did the right thing, but if I want him to do that when he's in the right, sometime I'm going to have to accept that he did that when he's in the wrong. And I'm not by any means suggesting that the Oilers are suddenly an aggressive, tough enough team, but maybe that's what it's going to be like with Darnell Nurse. Every fifth time he does something aggressive, you're going to be like, mm, I don't know if I like that, but I like it when he does the other 80% of the time. Yeah, like for, uh, I mean, it's 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 a, it's a fine line, right? But uh, for what we've been going through as a diehard Oilers fan, for what I've been going through since, I guess, 07 on, um, to see somebody, uh, uh, to me, it shows that he cares and he, he wanted to do something. He was pissed off. He wanted to, you know, get back at him for it, whether it was, you know, a penalty or not. I don't really care. But it was the only thing we got to cheer about all game. And um, if they would have bottled up that early in the third period for the first two periods, it might have been a different game. So, Well, San Jose beat them, I, I think, but also you're you're right. And Maroon, I don't know if you heard me talk to the Maroon right after the game. It was probably about 20 minutes ago now. He, he said they hung their heads after the first goal. And that's disappointing because, you know what, sometimes you're going to fall behind one nothing. It's not the end of the world. Plus, Mo, there's a goaltender who's been playing his you-know-what off for the last week and a half and really probably the best player for the last three months you can't help him out when he has one tough play in the first two minutes of a game like you got to react better than that yeah 100 percent. i i actually was uh one of those guys early in the year especially after the uh the the goal he allowed against uh calgary with 10 seconds left or whatever it was but uh he seemed to struggle for a while and i thought they made a mistake uh you know you know they're going to sign this guy and 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 he's basically a backup but uh he's proven me wrong i think i think at least our goaltending is on you know on the upswing i, I don't know if you agree with that or not but i i feel comfortable with talbot i obviously we need defense everybody knows their deficiencies and a couple of bigger forwards but uh yeah boring game brutal and uh i'm glad nurse did what he did to Polak, who's taken liberties many times with our skilled guys when he was with St. Louis. So I feel absolutely no remorse for for seeing what he did to him. Mo, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I can't disagree with uh, certainly the fact that the first two periods tonight were uh, not overly entertaining. If you were cheered for the home team, they fell behind 3 nothing. Finally a push to start in the third, but they could not break the shutout. James Reimer with the clean sheet tonight. Reimer, 31 saves. He is 5-0 all time 
against the Edmonton Oilers in six appearances. Cam Talbot, the loss, he made 19 saves on 22 shots. The Sharks one for two on the power play. The Oilers were 0 for two. We got plenty more post-game reaction. Peter DeBoer, obviously unhappy with uh, the Darnell Nurse situation at the end of the game. You will hear from him when we get back. Overtime open line, courtesy the Terry Peranich real estate team. We're in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. But ultimately kicked it out to Ward, and it's a two-on-one with Patrick Marlowe. Ward, left circle, ditches, Marlowe shoots, club save, Talbot, and another beauty with the leather for Cam Talbot's spectacular work. Yeah, that was a great save by Talbot. Your save of the game for Armour Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. Unfortunately, rough first period for Talbot. The Oilers fell behind 2-0. They lose 3-0 to the San Jose Sharks. Reed Wilkins with you. Rob Brown, by the way, not with us this evening. He will return on Thursday when the Oilers take on the Minnesota Wild. I believe uh, Rob was a winning coach for a Bantam hockey team he coaches this evening. Good job, Rob. Just uh, some quick text messages here. This texter says, I look forward to the next game between the Oilers and the Sharks when Nurse gets lined up and hammered by the player he sucker punched. He's a punk. The Oilers should get rid of him. Topher Allen says, I've watched hockey since the Oilers joined the league. A disgusting play by Nurse to the fans. The line between playing tough and playing dirty might be thin, but it's still a line. And Neek says, I don't know why anyone would be mad at Nurse. Before the start of the third, I told my friend that someone was going to fight Polak. He was being a jerk all game, and it was coming for him. All right, so little opinion there on the Darnell Nurse play. Let's find out what Peter DeBoer thinks. He's the coach of the San Jose Sharks, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Yeah, I thought we were pretty tidy. You know, I, I, I did the first five, six minutes of the game, I thought we looked like we played last night. We turned some pucks over a little slow, and then uh, from that point on, I, uh, I thought uh, we played a real solid road game. Got great goaltending from Rhymes when we needed it, and uh, it was a tidy game from my perspective. That's what we traded for him, right? He's a guy that can kind of provide those, those games for you. Well, yeah, that's it's exactly what we needed. You're in a back-to-back -back situation. You know you're going to have to make a few saves on the road, and uh, he did that for us. What does he mean for you? You got a guy in Jones who looks real good, but's never made the playoff journey, and then you got a veteran guy behind him like this who could be a number one in a lot of towns. That's a pretty good luxury. It's a real nice luxury, um, you know. And we're going to need it. You look at the teams that we're playing, or the potential to play in the playoffs, and uh, you know we're probably going to need both guys. So, um, you know, we, we put a lot on Jonesy's plate this year for through the first three quarters of the season, and we needed to bring somebody in here that. Uh, you know, had been a starter, had starters experience, you know, had uh, had the type of resume that Rhymes has. And uh, and also he's a good teammate. We knew he'd come in and there wouldn't be feathers ruffled. Uh, he knows how to handle these situations. He's been great. How did Roman Polak get five for fighting when he never got his gloves off? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, that's, that's the definition of instigator right there, isn't it? I don't know. You have to go down the hall and ask those guys. So you got the bench minor for obviously they were should have should have been able to say something to the refs, you know, yeah. in a situation like that where obviously Yeah, it's probably the way you say it. Probably they don't like Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was your vantage point on when it started? I mean did nurse just come right after Roman at that point? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's pretty much exactly what happened. You guys 
you know, I don't. I think everybody knows exactly what happened there. Just uh, it's got to be called the right way. Was there a, a more of an emphasis tonight on staying out of the box after what happened in the last two games? I, I think I think I think staying out of the box. But you know, we I think we looked at the symptoms of why we were in the box. We were in the box because you know we weren't on the inside. We weren't. Uh, uh, we were we were on the outside of the play. We were reaching, you know. We were pulling on people, you know. Tonight we were inside most of the night, and I think that made all the difference. Okay, thanks. That is Peter DeBoer. His San Jose Sharks beat the Edmonton Oilers three nothing tonight. Couture with two. He's up to ten on the season. Pavelski got his thirty first. Burns with uh, an assist. His point streak goes to five. Joe Thornton gets another point as well. He continues his. Uh, Hot play over the last couple of months. Uh, Thornton now with uh, eight points on a six-game point streak. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Good to hear from you. I, I, I will agree with this about Peter DeBoer, and I, I don't know what you think. Whether you like what Nurse did or not, that's still an instigator penalty. And they, they let I, the refs let Nurse get away with it. Um, I mean, he clearly went after Polak, clearly initiated Polak, wasn't really fighting. So I was surprised there was no instigator call there, but they uh, they decided not to call it. Brett says Talbot. This is on the text line at 63630, and of course you can phone us 780-496-0063. Talbot still had a solid game. He deserved more support. Nurse's fight is something a few more players should pay attention to. Why did Zach Cassian not try to get some energy or momentum for the team at an earlier time? That is a text coming in for uh, from Brett tonight. Uh, Zach Cassian. Wound up playing 11:03 this evening. Bit of a quieter game for him, like most Oilers, until early in the third period. I gotta, I gotta say this. I don't know if you, what you guys think. I thought Patrick Maroon was probably the best Oiler tonight. He played 16:40. He was still trying to get in on the forecheck. He was, he was fighting for the important areas of the ice. He, he got in and threw some hits. And, and I thought he was a guy, even in a kind of sluggish opening two periods, was trying to initiate something and was playing that quote-unquote heavy game that the Oilers have been lacking. So I'm going to make Patrick Maroon our fourth star of the game. That's courtesy Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. You can check out maauctions.com. And he probably had the Oilers' best scoring chance of the game with about 14 and a half minutes left. He was set up right in front on the doorstep, and uh, Reimer was able to stop it. And that's one of those situations. I mean, Todd McClellan has talked about playing inside. Well, what did Maroon th there? He didn't just get to the net. He made sure he got better body position on the San Jose defender. Now, okay, sure, a, a, a big guy. It's a little easier to occupy that position once you get it, but you still have to move your feet and be willing to get in there. And that's what I liked about Maroon on, on that play. It's one thing to be around the net. It's one thing to be closer to the opposition goaltender than one of the goaltender's defensemen. And, and Maroon tries to do that, and he did it on that play. He just didn't finish. 780-496-0063. Oilers fall 3-0 to the Sharks. We will go back into the Edmonton dressing room, courtesy of GCL Diesel for all things Diesel. And here is Taylor Hall. Well, Taylor, uh, I mean, you guys had some jump there in the third period, but maybe not the start you were hoping for. Yeah, definitely. We, um, I mean, we had some some good shifts tonight, and certainly some some chances, but um, we weren't sharp enough early on, and it cost us. 
You're playing a team that's on, you know, back to back. To give up that that first one, that must be tough against a team like that that can gain some momentum from it. Yeah, for sure. We wanted to have a good start and, and kind of push them out of the building. Uh, we know what it's like to play on a back to back. It's not easy, especially on the road with travel and everything. So. Um, we didn't do a job there, and uh, you know we let them get in get in front and have a lead and, and play comfy. And uh, that's a you know they're a veteran team; they know how to play in those situations. So um, you know that's the story of the game. Did you feel like you had a pretty good number of looks though offensively? Just maybe weren't able to finish them. Yeah, we we had you know we always it seems like we always get our chances. Um, they're always going to be there for us. It's the it's the breakdowns. It's the uh, you know how sharp are we in our own end? That uh, that usually dictates how we, um, you know, the end result. So we weren't sharp enough early on. Um, you know that would, our power play right now isn't getting much for us. And uh, when you're only getting one or two chances a game, if you can get one, it uh, it builds a lot of momentum for your team. And just the line shuffle to start the third really seemed to help spark you guys as well. Yeah, I mean. Uh, when the coach switches up to the Lions, it's usually not a good thing. It's usually, you know, it's usually because we're down. Um, so, it, you know, it definitely gave us a spark. Um, you know, who knows what the Lions will be tomorrow, but um, no matter what they are, we have to be a lot sharper, be a lot more crisp early on. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah. Read that, Taylor Hall. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room tonight. They are beaten 3-0 by the San Jose Sharks. So unfortunately, we cannot give you the Japanese village goal like the Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Phone number is 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. The San Jose Sharks now in their last 30 games against the Edmonton Oilers are 22-3-5. So in the last 30 games, the Oilers have beaten the Sharks in regulation time in 10% of them. That's it. And uh, San Jose now since January 9th, 19-5-4. That's a 28-game stretch. Joe Thornton with 37 points over that stretch as they have completely turned the season around. On January 9th, they were 18-18-2. And, and, of course, 500 in the NHL doesn't get you much. The only team they were ahead of in the Western Conference was the Edmonton Oilers. And now they're right up there with a chance to possibly finish first in the Pacific Division by uh, by the end of the season. So, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting with the Sharks. They missed the playoffs last year. Todd McClellan doesn't return as head coach. They bring in Peter DeBoer, and there's a lot of, okay, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's not happening here. Maybe this is a team that's going to have to be torn down and rebuilt and all that kind of stuff. And now they look uh, as dangerous as, as, as anybody. Text here to 630-630. Hey, Reed, what are your thoughts on the combos of Maroon, McDavid, Eberly, or Hall, McDavid, Maroon? Also, what do you think of the McDavid and Vlasic rivalry in the second and the third? Well, I like that McDavid is willing to give a little back. And, and look, as much as people say, well, you gotta, you know, if any times a star gets touched, uh, Maroon or Nurse or... Hendricks or Cracknell has to go out and jump somebody. The, the, the fact is that's a complete fallacy. And the fact is it's a complete fallacy that every time Gretzky was touched, uh, Semenko grabbed the guy and, and beat him up. Did it happen sometimes? Absolutely. But 
and and Rob, if Rob Brown were here, he would be the first to tell you this, and other ex-players in the NHL would tell you this, is that, yes, you got to be there for your stars, but but the stars have to also realize sometimes they they got to take a lot of abuse, and you can't fight or retaliate every single time that the star is bumped or slashed or checked or, or, or run into the boards. And so I, I, I enjoyed watching McDavid and Vlasic. I especially remember them in the third period um, going at it behind the net, and, and, and McDavid stood in there. Now McDavid's not going to fight, and Vlasic's probably not going to fight him. In terms of the line combinations, Maroon, McDavid, Everly, Hall, McDavid, Maroon. Hmm. I'd like to see Hall, McDavid, and Maroon, I guess, if I had to pick out of those two of those, pick out of those two. I don't know, uh, I don't know which one we're going to see next. This texture says, where's Rob tonight? It doesn't feel the same complaining about the team. Well, my apologies. Rob Brown's not here tonight. He was coaching uh, coaching his kids' bantam game. So uh, Rob Brown chose. He chose his family over old Wilkie. How am I supposed to feel about that? Uh, 780-496-0063, by the way, if you want to call in and talk. Our home ice hero is courtesy ATB Financial. Know someone whose quiet hard work makes hockey happen in your community. Nominate them for ATB's Home Ice Hero Award at atb.com slash home ice. Well, I already gave Maroon the fourth star, so I'll, I will pick a different home ice hero, uh, which is tough on a night where the Oilers were... Shut out. Well, I will give it to Connor McDavid, who played almost 21 minutes. Better night in the faceoff circle for him. He was 9 out of 18. Uh, had a lot of close chances. Wasn't able to finish. And perhaps his night sums up what Todd McClellan said earlier. You can't play just about hockey. And even when the Oilers did do something well tonight, it just about worked. And they fall 3-0. We will keep rolling after the 10.30 news. Overtime open line for the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. We're in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranish Team Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, after going 3-1 and one on a four-game road trip, the Oilers come home for a single game, and they cannot get it done. They fall behind just 93 seconds into the game. That was the game winner by Logan Couture. The Sharks win it 3-0. James Reimer with the shutout to improve to 5-0 and lifetime against the Oilers. He made 31 saves. Reimer's post-game comments, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when you get uh, when your team scores uh, scores goals, obviously you feel better. But, but yeah, I mean, I thought I thought we played you know a great solid game. And and as far as myself, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just try to be big and and uh, play my get to my spots and and you know hope that the puck hits me. So. Um, you know, I was lucky enough that, uh, you know, tonight that, that I did. Your last shutout, I think, was against the Oilers, too. Do you remember that? Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, if that was the last one, then I, yeah, I semi, semi remember it, but it might have been a while ago. So uh, <laughs> nice to get another one. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, you know, these guys are a good team. they got a lot of skill, and, and I thought we just played really well defensively as a team and, and took away a lot of their, you know, possible grade-A scoring chances. So I just had to hang in there and, and you know, do my thing and, and uh, you know, just, uh, you know, pick up where I could when, uh, you know, the boys were working hard. So just just wanted to do my job. How much easier was the second start considering the first one, you know, came at home? <laughs> I don't know if there may be a little bit more nerves involved because we're shorthanded a ton in that game. This one a little bit, you know, I don't want to say easier, but did you feel a little bit uh, more comfortable? 
Yeah, I think there's just a little. There's a lot more comfort level. I mean, um, you know, you play with them, you've more practices with them, been around the guys, you just know them better. And it's been the second game, you kind of know their their tendencies more. You know how we play and and kind of you know um, you know how we react to different situations. So you you kind of know uh, where you need to be. So so yeah, it was uh, it, it was a little more comfortable uh, this time around, but. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I just tried to do my job, and, and I thought they battled incredibly hard for, you know, especially being the second game in two nights. I mean, it's tough. It's tough in the body, and so um, to battle the way they did, it was, it was impressive to watch. From all the pressure in Toronto to California, where you've always got a pretty good team in San Jose, but you don't have 100 media guys every game. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's something else. It's just a little different. I mean, um, you know, you're used to your morning skates having, you know, 100, 200 people out in the stands watching you, but, uh, you know, now uh, not so much. But, um, no, I mean, I mean, media... You know, it's 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 not it's not as bad as it's it's cracked up to me. You know, I think uh, I think maybe sometimes he gets a bad rap, but no, I mean, in San Jose, it's it's fun. I mean, um, you know, there's less, there's definitely less you have to worry about, and so you can just focus uh, more of your your time and effort on uh, you know getting better at your craft. What's it like when you leave you, the team you were with? There's a lot of young guys. You're probably shaking someone's hand almost every day. A new player coming up, going down. Now you sit here to get dressed, you look across the room, you see Joe Thornton, you see Joe Pavelski, you see Patty Marlowe, old veteran guys in the game. What's the difference when, through your eyes? I think the difference is uh, you just, you know, you, you sit you sit there and and, and you uh, you just you watch and, and be, uh, you know, be part of the, you know, be a follower a little more. I mean, uh, obviously in Toronto, you know, when you're more of a veteran guy or, or uh, you know, uh, been there for a while. You've been in the organization. You know what people are ex expectations are. I mean, you try and, you know, you try and um, instill a little bit of that, or, or you know, um, try and show some of the young guys around. And and here, I mean, um, these guys got a great. They got a great, uh, you know, model in place, and and they do things the right way. So you just uh, you fall in step with them, and and you know, just carry your load. Do you notice it between periods? Do you notice it with the emotional level of the team? Do you see it different? A different keel here. Yeah, yeah, a lot more even keel. You know, a lot more. Uh, you know, whether that's, you know, whether it's because it's not in Toronto or it's because they got, you know, you know, a million games played you know, combined. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't know what it is, but, uh, but yeah, I definitely, you know, there's less, there's less ups and downs. You know, we get down a couple goals and. You know the bench is the same. You know, um, you know there's not there's not much panic. You know, and and you know you get on guys when when you need to. But really, it's just you know you just do your job. You have you have faith in, in your teammate that he's going to do your job, and and you just keep you just keep on rolling. You've never really had this in your career. A, a team that's really good veteran guys could win a playoff round or two or three even four it must or four right <laughs> or four uh, it must be kind of cool for you yeah i know it's fun it's a it's a totally different experience you know and and me you know i'm, I'm the kind of guy that just tries to learn in every situation so um, like you said this is a bit of a new situation um, well a lot of great leaders in here and a lot of guys have done a lot of I mean, amazing things, and so um, for me, you know, I'm just learning. I'm just learning, uh, you know, how to be a pro and, and keep getting better, so that you know, hopefully someday when I'm, you know, played 15 years in this league, then um, you know, somebody can do the same. What's it like coming to a team where you know you might only be here for a couple of months, though? When you go to a new team and you're saying, well, I hope it's a long ride, but it could be over in one playoff round, anything. Yeah, I think you just enjoy it. I mean. I mean, you don't you don't look far ahead at all. I mean, you just you just enjoy uh, this experience. I mean, you know, you're part of the group every day. You're getting to be better and better friends with all the guys, and you're you're fitting in more and more, and and it's becoming you know your home. And so, um, you just enjoy that process. And, and like you said, hopefully it goes as long as possible. A lot back in Toronto will see the game, so that they start too late in San Jose. Nobody sees the San Jose games back in Toronto. 
start at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's pretty late, you know. I think I had a few. You didn't watch a lot of San Jose. <laughs> I usually stayed up late, so I watched a few. But uh, no, I've, I've had a few friends, you know, call me and, and you know say that these late starts are killing them. So, so but no, it's that's uh, good. Last one. Uh, the whole UFA process. I won't ask you what your plans are, but does this stint here and does this process? help to change your plan or make your plan? Do you have your mind made up or is it forming as you go? Where are you with the whole process? I think you could tell me where I was. I'm better than I can. You know, I think uh, I'm not uh, I'm not set on anything and, and I don't have any expectations. I mean, uh, a lot can happen between now and July 1st. So, you know, I'm just focused on, uh, you know, getting to that fourth round of the playoffs. And you talk about fitting in. Nice touch by Couture to get you the puck at the end there. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. That's, that's pretty special. So um, it was nice of him to do that for me. All right, that is James Reimer who blanks the Oilers tonight. 3-0, the Sharks take it. So we do not have a donation tonight to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They have been donating 50 bucks for every Oilers job, all uh, every Oilers goal all season long. Uh, this texter says to 63630, Tonight aside, when Ryan Nugent Hopkins comes back on Saturday, does the depth at center make up for the inexperienced and weaker defense? Now, I can tell you that officially from the Oilers, it's it's Saturday or Monday. We'll see if it actually does turn out to be Saturday. Well, I don't think it does. I mean, I, I think the depth, that if, if there is, if Ryan Nugent Hopkins play, is playing center, that helps the team. It takes a little bit more off Dreisaitl, takes a little bit more off McDavid. We have not seen all three of those guys I guess we saw them for two games before McDavid got hurt. Um, so we haven't really seen all three of those centers in the, in the lineup. And Dreisaitl was playing wing. We will see if that'll happen when Nugent Hopkins comes back. I think it's possible. But I, I think the only thing that makes up for the inexperienced and weaker defense is a more experienced and better defense, regardless of what's happening at other positions. Uh, I mean, I got a text here from Yellowhead Drinker to 630-630 who says, Hey, Reed. Let's take a look at the Oilers' defense tonight. Adam Clendenning claimed off waivers. Adam Party claimed off waivers. Mark Fain belongs in the AHL. Darnell Nurse should be getting some seasoning in the AHL. Griffin Reinhardt should be in the AHL. Andre Sekera is the only guy in the Oilers' defense tonight who is an NHL regular. So Yellowhead Drinker arguing, I think, <laughs> quite convincingly, that five of the six Oilers defensemen tonight should not be in the NHL or should be at best six, seven defensemen. And you're playing five of those guys. So I don't think, I, I don't think, you know, Gretzky, Lemieux, and Kirk Muller at center are, are going to make up for, well, I mean, I guess that's a, that's a bad example, but I mean, those, that's, that's, that's not a good defense. That's not a consistent night after night quality NHL defense score, as Yellowhead Drinker points out. If Ryan Nugent Hopkins returns, is that going to help? Yes, because I think it, we're at the point where, you know, Lander isn't accomplishing much, much and Letestu is still playing too much, uh, though he was only at 13.5 tonight. So, yeah, it, it helps the, the forwards. Sure, maybe you can forecheck a little more, but the, the defense is still a problem both because of the quality we had coming into the season and now the injuries have piled on it even worse. I mean, if if Gribe is healthy, does Party get claimed off waivers? I would wager a guess probably not 
and now you need him any, even more because Brandon Davidson is out as well. That's a text to 630-630. The phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. You will hear from Mark Fain and Joe Pavelski when we get back. The Sharks take down the Oilers 3-zip. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1045. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. It is San Jose dumping the Edmonton Oilers 3 0. 780 You can also text us at 630-630. Kent says, I'm surprised. So many people are upset about the Darnell Nurse fight. As an Oilers fan, it is nice to finally see players who stand up for their teammates. Maybe they will start playing harder for each other. It's frustrating to watch so many offensive talents unable to score. Makes for boring hockey games. That is from Kent. And that is, you know what, folks? That is the stark reality of this Oilers team. Despite how high they have drafted, and despite most of those high draft picks being forwards they are not and never have been in this quote-unquote rebuild era and you know I hate that R word but they have never have been an offensive team what have they since they've drafted Taylor Hall they've been in the top 20 in goals for once and that's the year they were 18th every other year in the bottom 10 in the league in the bottom third of the league when it comes to goals for they have not been an offensive team uh, part of that power play, uh, good in a couple of years, not good this year. Don't have a good enough uh, defense on the power play. They don't have anybody who is willing to one-time the puck. Um, they aren't good enough five-on-five, five, clearly. And I think part of that is because they have had too many players who are very skilled with the puck, but not enough players who can retrieve the puck and free it up for the skilled guys. And that's where you hope a Maroon or a Cassian would help. I think they need another guy more. Uh, now, Maroon's very big. They're not, not a lot of guys 6'3", 230. But you need a guy with that willingness and, and that size and the willingness to play big in the top nine. Maybe even, maybe even in the top six if he has a little bit more finish. It's not easy to get that guy. Are they going to sign Milan Lucic in the summer? Well, that'd be great. But, yeah, I mean, there are, there are guys out there who are in the mold of maroon uh, that would help. Because if they're not scoring off the rush, they're not scoring a lot. Now, last few games, some positive signs, rebound goals, uh, blue paint goals, Tonight, sure, some chances in tight that didn't go in. Maybe, maybe other nights they go in. But this is not a team, and it never has been, despite some of the talent and some of the guys who have produced points, this, is, this has never been recently an offensive team. Barhead Bill texting in tonight. He says, that's a typical Oilers game. Don't take advantage of a team that shouldn't be as good as they were tonight. Very perimeter game from the Oilers, so despite the shots on goal, they didn't make it tough for Reimer. Can't be that easy on a team playing two games in two nights. And as you heard Patrick Maroon earlier, that, that was their plan, to not take it easy on this team, to try to jump on them. Maybe it was Letesti that said it. But it was Maroon that said, we held our heads after we allowed a goal 93 seconds into the game. So... You're at a minor disadvantage. Okay, bummer goal. A goalie who's been spectacular for you has a, has a tough one, loses track of the puck. You can't clear the rebound. It gets jammed in. Okay. So what are you going to do about it? 
There's a little team that plays football in this city that was down 13-0 early in a championship game. They didn't cry about it. They went out and won the game. Back into the Oilers dressing room. Here's Mark Fain. Early and kind of shut the game down. Did you like your pushback when they did score? It seemed like you guys did have some jumps, did have some looks. Yeah, I mean, I uh, thought we, we tried hard. Uh, execution wasn't there all night. Uh, offensively, defensively, it was uh, just a little bit off. So, I mean, you can't really win games that way. Just uh, against a team like that on a back-to-back, -back, I'm sure you guys are thinking, let's let's get after them early. Just to see them score that opener, that must be tough. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a fluky goal, and uh, it's definitely something you don't want to give up, especially in the first uh, few shifts of the game. But uh, overall, we just got to be better. Thanks. Thank you. Read that, Mark Fain. All right, Brendan Ulrich interviewing Mark Fain as the Oilers lose three nothing to the San Jose Sharks. It is 10:50. Back with Joe. Pavelski from the Sharks. He got his 31st tonight. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team, Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, at Rexall Place, San Jose's final ever visit to this building. The Sharks beating the Oilers 3-0 tonight. Other NHL action in a shootout. The Hurricanes get by the Senators 4-3. The Rangers double up the Sabres 4-2. The Blue Jackets with two goals from Cam Atkinson beating the Red Wings 5-3. Islanders over Pittsburgh 2-1. Tavares got his 24th. Brad Marchand his 34th in overtime. The Bruins beat the Lightning 1-0 in OT. Montreal beats Dallas 4-3. Predators 4, Jets 2. American Hockey League tonight. The Oilers affiliate losing in overtime. It's San Diego over Bakersfield 4-3. The goal scorers for the Condors, Anton Slepeshev, Brad Hunt, and Jordan Osterley. Here at Rexall, Couture got two for the Sharks. Joe Pavelski got the other one, his 31st. Give me an early take on the guy, Joe Pavelski. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's been not, not very long. I mean, it's good to see him get in a couple games, kind of get... Get some rhythm. You know, he had it going tonight. We've seen him in the highlights. We've played against him before, so we know it. But uh, obviously getting to know him, good teammate, those types of things. It's uh, We're happy for him for tonight. You know, it's a great performance by him. Guy comes from being in a team that's probably going to finish very, very low in a really tough market to play in to this team that's really good and a, probably a more calm situation. You, what's the difference as a player making that move? It's hard to say. I haven't really lived in the other one. Um, but obviously we... You know what it's like in California. Um, you know, it's a fun place to play. we got a good team here. Guys are working hard, got good staff, those types of things. So it's good to see him fit in early and get the chance. Uh, his first game, he made some big saves for us as well, gave us a chance. And, you know, night he definitely was a, a difference maker. You yep. Yeah, that's big. You could kind of just feel it. You know, we're solid team 5-on-5. Five five and, uh, Stay out of the box. We kept our rhythm, you know, a lot better tonight. And it was just a good road game, especially on a back-to-back -back night. Yeah, came in after. I think Poles is changing. He's almost over the bench and gets grabbed, and it's it's disappointing to see. I don't think you know the play that happened before. You know, it's a tough play. It happens a few times throughout the year. Poles will be the first one. He's you know, he didn't feel like he got a stick, whether he got it in there or not. It's a we we'll see a guy go down like that, and then you know if that's going to happen, you'd like to at least be challenged a little bit better than that. And uh, 
you know, especially so so late in the game, it's just, it's you know it's disappointing to see that. But you know, it's it's just a play you don't like to see. Thanks, Scott. Scott Johnson in the Sharks dressing room tonight. We have a text here to 6:30, 6:30. This person says, "I'm from the East Coast and have been an Oilers fan for a long time and always will be. But since moving to Alberta in 2008, times have been tough on Oilers fans. Maybe if I move back, they will start winning again. It's not your fault, unnamed texter. My goodness." Don't be so hard on yourself. Oilers lose 3 nothing to the Sharks. Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I think Brendan Ulrich has the show. Bob's going to be flying to Minneapolis where the Oilers will play on Thursday. We'll have that broadcast for you. 4.30 for the face-off show. 6 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Rob Brown will be back for that game. Our studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy, the executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 6.30 Jet, is Sid Smith. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you on Inside Sports from 6 to 9 tomorrow evening. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon.